Well, my name is Caesar. I'm one of the pastors here, also the pastor for Celebrate Recovery. It's a blessing uh, to be here um, this morning with you. Um, I'm, uh, I, well, I got to brag a little bit as a daddy. Um, my youngest daughter um, did, you made the, you're going to the state choir final, that's, made it to round four, which is like, yeah, really good. And I just, I want y'all all to know that she got her singing from me. <laughs> well, um, I've, uh, it's, it's been uh, a blessing uh, to be here, and um, I was thinking this week, you know, just uh, how humbled I've been this year since the Sooners haven't done as well as I hoped they would. I know there are some happy Baylor fans, and I'm praying for your season, and TCU fans, I'm praying for your seasons and Kansas State. Uh, so and Florida State. Yeah. Just a whole lot of people there. <laughs> Pretty much everybody. Pretty much everybody, yeah. yeah. So next year, I'm not saying anything about the Sooners. Well, um, as we prepare now um, uh, for this message, uh, would you think with me on this thought, finding grace in the midst of Thanksgiving. Finding grace in the midst of Thanksgiving. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your amazing grace that meets us once again in this most holy place. God, we thank you that your grace extends to us as far as the east is from the west. And we're thankful, God, once again, that your grace is more powerful than the sin that seeks to separate us from you. So God, as we surrender ourselves to you this moment, we pray that you would let this be your moment, God, because it's always been your time. So, God, we pray now that you would rescue me from me and that you would hide me behind your cross, that we might see you lifted up and glorified. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be holy and acceptable in your righteous sight. And then, God, we will be mindful in all things to give you all praise, honor, and glory. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Whenever I read or reflect on this passage about the ten leopards, I must admit that I am oftentimes aligning and identifying myself with the one Samaritan leopard who had the spiritual insight to come back and give, God, give thanks to God for the salvation he was experiencing both physically and spiritually. When I think about this man, I'm always hoping and wanting to somehow see in my nature the same spiritual gratitude he shows when he is healed, hoping and praying that my actions will be grace-filled and full of faith, always acknowledging at every moment in my life where all my blessings come from. Yes, I admire this man because he has paid attention 
to what he's needed to pay attention to, and he came back to give thanks to Jesus for healing his body and saving his soul. His actions not only reflect his noble and thoughtful nature, but his actions also shows that he has some good old home training, that he had some good old home training to come back and to give thanks and to give credit where credit is due. And he was showing that he was from good stock, even if according to the Jewish customs, he was not considered an equal to his Jewish leopard counterparts. Yes, I must admit that as I reflect on this passage that my desire to align with this healed leopard is, is that he acts better than the rest of the leopards who were healed in this story. Because when, when, when he sees that he has been healed, he consciously chooses to stop and turn from where he was going and then he comes back and gives thanks and praise to God for the healing that has taken place in his life. I must admit his actions make it easier for me to empathize with him because he is spiritually aware and eternally appreciative of who has saved him from the burdensome predicament that he's found himself in. I admired this leopard for many reasons, but the main reason for my admiration is the humility that he shows, turning his full attention to the one who has made him whole and giving thanks giving thanks for all that God has done in his life. My grandmother used to say to me, if you got joy in your heart, don't keep it a secret from your face. (laughs) And what I like about this man is that he didn't mind stopping his life to give God thanks and praise. He didn't mind stopping his life to show God the goodness that was happening in his life. He didn't mind doing what my folks would always say, giving credit where credit is due. I like this man because he took the time to praise God in this moment of healing in his life. However, as much as I admire and want to identify and align myself with this Samaritan leopard and and his righteous faith response to the salvation God has made possible in his life, I must also admit that my actions and faith response to the salvation that has been given to me oftentimes align with more with the nine leopards who didn't come back after being healed than the one who was saved. When I look at how easily I can be distracted and preoccupied with the stuff of this world, I must say that I am more aligned with the nine leopards who were blessed than the one who was saved by God's amazing grace. When I find myself focused on getting my way more than surrendering to God's way, I must admit that I am more aligned with the nine leopards who were blessed than the one who was saved by God's amazing grace. 
When I find myself dealing with my problems with more fear than I do faith, I must admit that I am more aligned with these nine lepers who were blessed more than the one who was saved by faith. And when I am tempted to place more faith in material things of this life to save my soul more than relying on the spiritual things of God to save me, I must admit as a man of faith that I am more aligned with the nine leopards who, ble- who were blessed than the one Samaritan leopard who was saved by God's amazing grace. Likewise, as we look, as we look at ourselves as a people of faith and the amount of time we spend on using material things to deal with the spiritual things of our lives, I have to say that we have aligned ourselves more with the nine leopards who were blessed, more than the nine leopards who were blessed than the one who was saved by God's amazing grace. When we are more concerned with Black Friday sales than we are in Advent observances, I have to say that we are more aligned with the nine lepers who were blessed, more than we are the one leopard who was saved, when we as a people of faith place more power in politics than we do in forming personal relationships with those we disagree with, I have to say we have aligned ourselves more with the nine leopards who were blessed than the one who was saved by God's amazing grace. When we place more power in religious religious dogma and legalistic certainty than we do on the faith and mystery of God's grace, I have to say that we have aligned ourselves more with the leopards who were blessed than with the one who was saved by God's amazing grace. And as a result of our wrong-headed focus on what we should be paying attention to in our lives, we have become impoverished in our spirit and our souls, and we are not living up and cannot live up to who God has called us to be. However, the good news for us this morning, no matter, is no matter how hopeless our situation or how poor our circumstance may be, there is always good news Because the good news is that God is faithful. God stands ready wherever we are to give us the spiritual healing we need to make us whole. God stands ready no matter what to, to stands ready to give us the healing that we need to be made whole. I love this passage that's found in Revelation 3 and 20 that says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will call in, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. The good news for us is that God always stands ready wherever we are, wherever we are to respond to our needs, to heal us from our brokenness and to save us from our sin, no matter what. So the question So the question for us this morning is, how do we access this grace so that we can live a life of wholeness and thanksgiving? How do we access this faith so that we can experience God's amazing grace in this vulnerable human condition we live in every day? 
Well, the first thing, well, the first thing that we must do if we are going to access grace is that God's amazing grace is that we must be willing to develop humility. We must be willing to develop humility. One of the biggest roadblocks to accessing faith is when I let my pride get in the way. Pride keeps me from being vulnerable and admitting when I am wrong or even asking for help. Pride keeps me and stands as a roadblock between me and the community that exists within me. Pride keeps me from obtaining and living in that virtue and that spiritual condition of humility. Proverbs 16 and 18 says this, Pride goes before destruction and haughty spirit before the fall. And although the leopards, although the leopards are clean, the, 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 the leopards that were clean, the scriptures are silent about why they, they didn't come back. One of the things that I believe why the, why the leopard came back was because of the humility that he had in his life. I love Pastor Mike and his leadership and his wisdom. He is not just only a good friend, but I do consider him my pastor as well. And when I was getting married uh, to Cynthia, uh, Pastor Mike, he is so wonderful in sharing all of his advice with me about ministry, about leadership, and he also shared with me about how to keep my wife married, I mean happy. And one of the things he said to me, he said, you, you need to, he said, he said, when you get married, he said, you just need to learn these three things. You need to learn them well. He said, the first thing you need to do is you need, you need to be able to say, yes, dear. And then you, be, you need to be able to say, no, dear. And you need to be able to say, I'm sorry, dear. And I can say, Mike, that's been very helpful advice because it's kept me in the house. <laughs> right, honey? Yeah, Okay. Humility is, is a spiritual gift that God calls us to. It's a virtue that we have to exercise in our lives every day. And if we want to experience community and if we want to experience God's amazing grace, as this leper did, we have to be willing to practice humility. The second thing that we need to Access. The second thing that we need to do to access this faith is that we have to develop courage. We have to develop courage. Being brave enough to show ourselves for who we are and to trust that God will cover us with his grace, no matter what, allows us to experience God's amazing grace. But to do that, we must practice courage. We must be willing to practice courage so that regardless of what it is that we show up every day to be seen. As we look at this passage, the Samaritan was in a tough spot. This, this, this Samaritan leopard, if you look at this passage, he was with 10 Jewish leopards and then their bodies were made clean. 
And as they walked away from Jesus, they were made whole and they were going separate ways. And as it was according to the customs of that day, Jews and Samaritans had no dealings with each other. And yet the Samaritan turned around with courage and ran back to this Jewish rabbi and gave him praise. He did, not let the, he did not let the cultural stigma of the day stand between him and Jesus, but he exercised the courage that he needed to stand up and to face Jesus and to bow down and to give God praise for the healing that had taken place in his life. Maya Angelou puts it this way when she says this, one isn't, one isn't necessarily born with courage. But one is born with potential. Without courage, we cannot practice any other virtue with consistency. We can't be kind, true, merciful, graceful, or honest. So if we want to access this amazing grace, if we want to to access this amazing grace that God has given us, It's important that we develop courage and that we develop courage within ourselves so that we can show up every day. Finally, my brothers and sisters, the third thing that we have to develop, the third thing that we have to develop if we are going to experience God's amazing grace in our life is that we have to we have to develop a spirit of gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude has real power for our lives because it ushers in the grace of God by identifying who we are in relation to who God is and everything else in our lives. Psalms 22 and 3 says this, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabit the praise of his people. But thou art holy, O God, O thou that inhabits the praise of Israel. This leopard was experiencing God's amazing grace because he lived with the real gratitude in his life. And the good news for us is that when we when we live our lives with real power, when we live our lives with real gratitude, then we have access to God's amazing grace and God's amazing and healing love in our lives. I remember my grandmother, my, my grandmother Evelyn, when uh, we were, when I was growing up and lived in Kansas City, we moved to Marshall, Texas to live with her for a year. And I remember when we, we got to, to Marshall and we, we pulled up to her house. I remember we pulled up to this little bitty old house, little shotgun house. And, and, uh, and you know, it was, it was a very modest house and, and some stuff worked and some stuff didn't work. And there was always stuff to work on at grandma's house. There was always gardening to do. There was always stuff to do, chickens to feed, cows to feed. And we did all that stuff at grandma's house. But there was always something that wasn't going to go right. 
And my grandmother was religious about her response and when stuff didn't go right. She would always respond by just saying, well, thank you, Jesus. So if the car didn't, wasn't going to start, she would, well, thank you, Jesus. Well, the lights wouldn't come, well, thank you, Jesus. Well, we don't have a, well, thank you, Jesus. And she was notorious about thanking Jesus for, for stuff that didn't seem to go right. And I remember, you know, I, as a little boy, I used to always think, well, she's thanking Jesus because she don't want to say something else. <laughs> That's just me and my thinking. I mean. But I remember one day I confronted her about this and talked to her about, why, Grandma, why are you giving praise to God when, when things ain't working right? Why are you giving praise to God when things ain't working right? And she would always remind me that God inhabits the praise of his people. And if you want God to be present in the midst of your mess, then praise God in your mess. That God is present in our gratitude that God's healing is made known when we are, are giving praise to God no matter what. So if you have been in this place and don't think that you are going to make it out, just do like this leper did and give God thanks. If you were lost and sinking in sin and Jesus has saved your life once again, just stop and do like this leper did and Give God thanks if you are broke and didn't know that did, and don't know how you're going to make ends meet, but somehow God has met your needs. Just stop where you are and do like this leper did and give God thanks. If you have fallen off the wagon and your addiction looks like it's got you down and it looks like it's won the day and all control seems to be lost, Stop like this leper did and give God the praise. Psalms, 10, Psalms 100 says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is good, that is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his people the sheep of his pasture, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. So if God has been good to you, if God has been good to you this season, if God has, if you find yourself here by accident or on purpose, if you are breathing and you are in your right mind, if God is blessing you right now, stop where you are. Stop where you are and give God the thanks. Give God the praise. I remember... I remember the lesson of how this really, truly became real for me when after the year of living in Marshall with my grandmother and, and my siblings living there, and then eventually we moved to Hartshorn. I always say Hartshorn, Oklahoma, population, two chickens and a duck. And we eat up one part of that population around Christmas time. Uh, it's in danger because Thanksgiving's around the corner. 
And I remember as we moved to, to Hartshorn, uh, my, my grandmother has 13 siblings, and, her, and some of her siblings live in Hartshorn. And I remember she was telling us, she said, she said I'm going to send you to Hartshorn, and your, your parents are going to come. They're going to move from Kansas City, and, and you all going to be reunited in Hartshorn, and you're going to stay at Aunt Ruby's house for a while. And Aunt Ruby is my grandmother's um, second uh, She's second to the oldest. My grandmother's the oldest, and then Aunt Ruby is second to the oldest in her family. And Aunt Ruby is a drill sergeant. <laughs> she, is the, she is classy of classy as class can be. She's one of those women that every time you see her, every stitch is in place. She's, I've never seen her when a day that she was never dressed up. Even on days when she was cleaning her house, she was, she was always dressed to the nines. She always matched in everything that she did. But Aunt Ruby didn't play. I remember one time, you know, she, she'd love you. Yeah, baby, I love you. And she'd love on you. But don't get out of line because she'd get you right back in line. And I remember one day she was getting on to me. I'll beat you till you die. And I was like, you know, I remember confronting her. I was like, well, what does that have to do with Jesus? And she said, you will see Jesus when I get done. fix that for you right now. <laughs> and I remember uh, as, as, you know, as I grew up, you know, Aunt Ruby was just a staple in my life, and she was one of those people who, who taught me, just like my grandmother and my great-grandmother and my mom and dad and my aunts and uncles, about the spirit of gratitude and being thankful for what God has blessed you with in your life and how I often tell my kids, get up on Sunday and go to church. You give your time to everybody else, give some time to Jesus. They hear me say it at all times. They're like, oh, daddy. <laughs> but how I learned this spirit of gratitude and how I learned it from Aunt, Aunt Ruby as well. And I remember every Sunday, I, would, I remember every Sunday we'd have church at Mount Nebo. And then every Sunday afternoon, Aunt Ruby was going to go. She was going to go worship at some church in the afternoon. And I would always like to catch a ride with Aunt Ruby and it would just be me and Aunt Ruby in the car, and it would be me and Aunt Ruby going to a worship service. And I was really not going to the worship service for the worship service, but I was going to the worship service because they were going to have refreshments after the worship service. <laughs> but it was an opportunity to learn about God's amazing grace and how Aunt Ruby framed the world and saw God in her life grew up with Aunt Ruby and that value system and how important that was. And as I grew up and as I went to college and as I went on and played pro ball and as I, as I experienced every area in my life, I experienced it with the same gratitude that was taught to me. One day my cousin Don called me and he said Aunt Ruby had cancer and that I probably should go to Hartshorn and I need to go and see her. And so I remember I got all my things and I got to Hartshorn and I went to Aunt Ruby's house and as always when you walk in it was all warm and I went in uh, to Aunt Ruby's bedroom and I sat down next to her bed and, and we began to talk and just share um, time and community together. I remember as I 
talked to Aunt Ruby, and we began to just talk about different things. She talked about how blessed she was. She talked about how good God had been to her regardless of what was going on with her body, that God had been so good to her that God had, had helped her raise her kids and, and how, how when her son went off to Vietnam, how she had prayed every day that God would keep him safe and bring him home. And when he came home, she knew that God had heard her prayer and how she had to give God the praise and the glory. She, she talked about how when she lost her daughter, how painful it was to her to lose her daughter, but how God was with her in the midst of her pain. She talked about Uncle Bland and when he lost his vision and how difficult it was to, to take care of her husband who was very able at one point and became disabled in a time in his, in his life. She talked about how now here she was when this time when her body was starting to lose its privilege to hold her spirit. How thankful she was. How thankful she was that God was good to her. I remember as I sat next to Aunt Ruby's bed and I held her hand, we began to sing songs and I always sing songs with my aunt's. My, my aunts, I, we always call her and we'll sing songs. And so I, we started singing songs. And one of the songs that we sing was Get Right Church and Let's Go Home. And I remember I started singing and she started singing. And I said, get right, church, and let's go home. Get right, church, and let's go home. Get right, church. Get right, church. Get right, church, and let's go home. And I remember Aunt Ruby, as, she, as we sang, she said, I got a home on the other side. I got a home on the other side. I got a home. I got a home. I got a home on the other side. I remember we shared that time and that moment together. I remember the gratitude, uh, God's presence being there, even when her body was failing her. If God's presence was with us that day and how God's presence was with, with Aunt Ruby. And when Aunt Ruby died, we all came back to Hartshorn and we had her funeral and we buried her in Hartshorn. And we all began to sing, glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down, glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. And we sang a ruby into heaven. We praised God for the blessing that she had been in our lives. I thank God so much for God's presence, even when I'm up or even when I'm down, that God, amazing grace, shows up when the spirit of gratitude is present. Glory, glory, hallelujah, 
Since I laid my burdens down, glory, glory, hallelujah. Since I laid my burdens down. Now, I did it once. Now, y'all got to do it with me. All right? Ready? Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burdens down. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my Burdens down. There's another part of that song that goes, Burdens down, Lord. Burdens down, Lord. Since I laid my burdens down. Burdens down, Lord. Burdens down, Lord. Since I laid my burdens down, I'm going home to be with Jesus. Since I laid my burdens down, I'm going home to be with Jesus since I laid my burdens down, burdens down, Lord, burdens down, Lord, since I laid my burdens down. Burdens down, Lord, burdens down, Lord, since I laid my burdens down. Now, Mom Annie, my great-grandmother, would tell me that you have to hum it so you can keep the devil confused. <laughs> so y'all hum it with me. I don't know what you're faced with in your life. I don't know what's ailing your body. I don't know what's keeping you from being all that God has called you to be. I don't know what gets in the way. I don't know what you're afraid of. I don't know what it is that stands between you and this amazing grace, but what I want to say to you, the key is giving God grace and giving God praise. My hope. My hope for all of us as we enter into this Thanksgiving season is that we will give God the praise. 
that we will be like this leopard, we will be unashamed, that we will show up with all of our courage and all of our might and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me and making me whole. My hope, my hope is that you will live with that gratitude and that grace. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your amazing grace that meets us once again in this most holy place. God, we thank you. We thank you for your grace, your grace of gratitude. And God, we pray that you would help us to live with real gratitude in our lives so that in everything we do, your presence will be made known. Be with us this day, and then, God, we will be mindful in all things to give you all praise, honor, and glory. We pray all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.